0: It's time for a change. Strap your headphones on and join Chris, Scott, and Sean. Three active duty police officers in the Chicago suburbs.
1: As they face the tough subjects, including police brutality, racial tension, rioting, and more. Weekly, you'll get tips and tricks on how to keep you and your family safe what to do during traffic stops, how to handle domestic violence, and more. This is a show about opening a dialogue, accepting that something has to be done, and bringing communities together again.
0: And now your hosts, Chris, Scott, and Sean.
2: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Three Cops Talk. This is Sean, one of your hosts. As usual, I'm here with Uncle Chris. Oh, oh, hey. And Big Sergeant Scott. Hello, hello. Uh, You know, today we're talking about an issue... Um, that seems to plague us. Um, it's another right that at times we get really confused about another thing that in a free and open society we want, but at times it seems to be very counterproductive for us at the same time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the idea of the media, the, the media and how the media is perceived and like perceptions of the media inside the police world, as well as outside the police world. And like everything else, I think we like to look at a lot of different angles on this show and uh, the idea of the media and how we're, feeling we're being treated and dehumanized by the media uh on a lot of levels as you can see a lot of things you talk to cops and they say you know like some of the things universally is like they hate change but they don't want things to say the same and then the next thing they say is they hate the media and like the media is so many things now than it used to be back when we first got on the job in 2000 the media was just TV, pretty much, and maybe papers. And, and if people took the time to read papers, it was cool. Now it's coming to you from all sources. Right. People that have no credibility can make it in that world as a media source, didn't go to journalism school, anything like that. And that's kind of the issue that we're dealing with as a profession right now. And at times, as usual, law enforcement slowed on the uptake of recognizing these things. So we're going to talk about some of those topics today. Um, Scott and Chris, you guys got anything to add on that before we get into talking about our awesome guest?
1: No, I just want to, you know, I, I think we. Uh you know, we have to take this, and I mean, I, I view it as whether, you know, you, you, you do the right thing or the wrong thing. It's just it's, the, the media has just kind of gone awry, and we some, some way somehow have to get back to facts, and the facts are facts, and we're not going to sit here and say, you know, all oh, fake news, blah, 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 or whatever. I mean, what we're going to say is, is that we just, we, and along with civilians, it should be fair. It should the facts should be the facts should be there, and this has taken all kinds of angles, but that's that's really the basis of this is to get people to realize that you have to find out facts for yourself
3: and we're always talking about accountability, that's a term we like to use on here a lot. we talk about it because it applies to us to everyone that we reach out to out there, and that applies to the topic here today, you know as well and we want we just want that same I think everyone wants that same level of accountability. we make mistakes we're held accountable. We have to answer to it. And I think sometimes the perception is that maybe that's not the same with the media. So that's one of the things we'll try to talk about
2: i long for the law of the old days in the media like there was a newspaper boy standing on the corner like yelling out police officers shoot unarmed man you know kids your face 25 cents a paper hey they didn't shoot an unarmed man get yeah. back here you, you. <laughs> you know it's like those are the kind of things like you yeah, know, obviously like that would was, limit the scope of right. bad news getting around the world there rather quickly right. but our first guest our first guest our only guest today our only One, and only. One and guests. only. One and only. we're have a thousand guests in more ways One and only guest that we've got today is someone that's really known well in our world. And if you pay attention to um, policing matters at all, when you turn on the television, they're looking for an expert. You're gonna see probably her mug there, uh, giving us good info about what's going on. Uh, our she's a retired in 2009, a 20-year veteran of a large suburban metropolitan police department in Chicago. I wonder how we know her. Uh, <laughs> uh, She began her career actually quite young. She came into this quite young when when you realize that. And when I first met her, I thought she was quite young, and she was. Um, But she began her career as a dispatcher at 17, then became an officer four years later and has held various positions. That was the thing. When you got to know her, you're like, yeah, she's got a lot, a lot of experience in a lot of different places, professionally and personally, but she worked in patrol investigations, narcotics, juvenile, hostage negotiation, crime prevention, and field training. It's a wide swath of experience in our world. Usually people get in pipelines and tracks and then they don't leave it. She's not at all. She's Baskin Robbins of Lawn Enforcement. <laughs> Dude, she you just stole my lady, line. Yeah. You stole nice. my line. I was going to lay that out there.
3: You've been waiting all day to use that.
2: <laughs> yeah, right, got ready. It just came to me. It came to me in, in the light. Um, she's a leatherneck from Western Illinois University yes. in 1991. Yes. Awesome. Uh, graduated in Northwestern University Center of Public Safety School of Staff and Command. Um, she's a sergeant. She was a sergeant like Sergeant Scott. She looked way better than Sergeant <laughs> Scott did when she was a sergeant. She supervised the department's canine unit, which, How like Chris is field training, recruitment. Uh, Bike patrol coordinator, which was awesome. Yeah. Crowd control bike team leader. You name it. You'd be better off team.
3: listing what she didn't do. Right, yeah, right.
2: right. She, <laughs> I don't know. She didn't do Windows. I'll give you that. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm going to leave that at that. Um, but she received numerous awards and commendations throughout her career from her police department as well as uh, national and local awards from uh, 99 to 2003. If you've paid attention, a lot of us have. She was a uh, host of various training programs and was a content expert for what was called letn which stands for the law enforcement television network currently she is an on-air commentator advisor uh for the police one academy and was featured was a feature character in biography channels i can't not say it female forces (laughs) I just so you know, I, you oh, I have you a couple it. cameos in that I do. You like, do. people that I got haven't two, seen I think, maybe three are up at three o'clock in the morning watching A uh, and E and the Police Channel, and they're like, "Hey Ferguson, holy, I saw you on Female Forces." And I'm like, "Hey, it's my it's my, my starting yeah. point." It's right. like you know, I, I started out there like right. Greg Evan, be gay in the bear. That that was me <laughs> for me. Um,
3: the camera anyway, doesn't answer That 10 was a great
2: time, and you know, it was. It's very. It's a very <laughs> famous show for all intents and purposes. Um, she's been a law enforcement trainer for over 20 years and also a content expert uh, and senior instructor for the Caliber Press Street Survival Seminar from 2003 to 2012. Um, she's also a po- uh, popular keynote speaker, speaks about a lot of issues related to women in law enforcement, and she attends tons of conferences. She's always on the road if you keep and up with you. her. And thank you.
1: That's our show for today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and at, now that we only have 15 wow. minutes to talk about it, yeah, AVS, anyway, um, <laughs> She's tons of articles uh, for both law enforcement, government, civilian publications. Quite, I can go into those uh, forever. It'd be tough She's to going follow. to talk a little bit about herself. Um, but in, if you don't know who I'm talking about by now, you've literally had your law enforcement head in the <laughs> sand for the last <laughs> 10 years. I'm talking about none other than uh, former Sergeant Betsy Brander. Please give it up for her. Hey, boss. Hey, welcome. 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 Thank thanks, you. Thanks for joining Where's us. Our applause? Where's, our applause?
3: Where's our applause button? Oh, oh, after wait, wait, all wait, that, we can't. Hold, hold on, on. Wait, wait, hold wait, wait. Hold on. Hold, hold on.
2: There you go. Hey. Hey. Yeah.
3: The After all changed. that, you don't can't tell even get the applause button. Wow. Right,
0: right. No.
2: One of the things that you one other thing that you do that's very important to all of us right now, uh, that you're currently a member of, Sarge, can you tell us what that was again?
0: Yeah, I am. I'm currently the uh, spokesman for the National Police Association and uh, uh nationalpolice.org if you want to know more about it. But what we do it at the MPA is we are, we're not a union. A lot of people think we're a union. We're actually an organization for pro-police citizens to learn more about how they can support the police, learn more about what we do. Uh, and then we also have a, a team of attorneys who go out and support law enforcement and some of our citizens by filing amicus briefs in various um cases where maybe individual law enforcement officers aren't getting the support that they, that we feel they deserve from their agency or Mm -hmm. their community. Um, We also, for example, we have a current amicus brief going in uh, Minneapolis on behalf of the citizens because the city wasn't providing the police service. They were trying to defund that agency. So, so we have, uh, we have a lot going on. We have a show on, uh, the first and uh pluto the first uh streaming network and pluto every sunday morning um called the mpa report where i have a bunch of different guests and uh yeah and plus my husband i my best role my most amazing role is uh i'm mrs jd buck savage
2: yeah and another it's like <laughs> I, you like i were talking at a half a mount rushmore of law enforcement <laughs> Yeah, like he, he looks like, he looks like uh, Roosevelt, too. He really <laughs> right? Go. I know. He, he carries a big stick, and he's got the cool mustache and everything else. He's uh, always been a guy that when you were a newer officer, you're like, who is this guy? Yeah. And now I know his wife. You know what it <laughs> right? Is. I right, know. Right, right. right, right. Um, what, what, one of the main reasons we're interested in being on the show is because you obviously have so much interaction with, like, you're an in-bed in some ways, like, to people like... You've walked among these people. What are they really like? The media in our world, like we can talk about so many cases where, just like the police are a necessary evil in your society, they provide information on a level like they call it the fifth estate, right? Is it the fifth or fourth? I mean, one fifth state. fifth yep. estate. Um, and they provide us information in, in its purest sense back in the day. And like I'm talking pre Walter Cronkite days. They just came to the equation to give us facts and not opinions. Well, you know, clearly with all of the things that are going on that we've talked about before where that is like not the case anymore. Most people, one, will go and search out media where they will they'll be reinforced with what they want to believe or they'll listen to it and be fooled by it. Like when you're trapped in an airport, nothing's cooler than listening to CNN. And I'm obviously oh, God. About that because uh, you don't like look i'm sorry like I, I i'm not a fan of cnn because it's so obviously biased where it's at and what it's presenting to you that if you can't see that for what it's worth then you're part of the problem with just right. with the media what i've always been a big fan of is go out and find multiple sources don't always find things that just reaffirm your values or what you think are your values find some other things so betsy has been able to kind of been on like you can find all sorts of snippets and clips out there beyond female forces right. for actually talking to people um, and actually you know mixing it up with people, like staying in the verbal volley with them about some things. So first and foremost, is it as bad, do you think, Sarge, that there is, is it a personal thing within the media? Do you think it is that they don't like police or is it what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I, I, I meet a lot of media people who are really pro-law enforcement, you know. In, and I do everything from cable to network to print. And um, you, UHF, there's a lot UHF. of respect.
2: <laughs> you're still doing UHF, sir? <laughs> huh? Who's uh, uh, at Local <laughs> Access? shows any UHF you're doing anything? Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah, it's
3: right. like a Wayne's World kind of thing.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, but. Right now. And, and of course this comes in the last, you know, a couple of years. Um, although we could go back and, and talk about, um, you know, Ferguson, Missouri is when this all kind of started, but especially, mm-hmm. especially in the last couple of years and, and with the Trump administration being so pro law enforcement, it kind of became cool in the media to be anti law enforcement because if you were anti law enforcement, if, uh, then you were anti Trump.
2: Right. And,
0: right. uh, you know, and so then when the whole George Floyd situation started, then we were just we were just off to the races, and it and it did it did get so much more divided. And we can talk about that, but I do have to say that I meet and deal with a lot of uh, national and international media that is very very pro law enforcement, and and there a lot of them are just trying really hard. To do their jobs just like we are. Right.
1: But why, I mean, is it just because, is it the old adage like, you know, the contradiction sells or whatever? Because, I mean, they're out there trying to do, the, you know, actually put out truth and the story as it as it portrayed or unfolded. and But you had these mass news medias that, as you, because they have more, more money or whatever, they're just putting out not all the facts, I guess, would be the best way to say it.
0: Well, exactly. So you can go back to the shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, and that's that's kind of when, um, you know, we saw the first real cable news um, riots. You know, we saw it some during the Rodney King situation. But Mm -hmm. with Ferguson, the media on the ground, the on the ground cable and some of the local media in Ferguson, Missouri in 2014 became part of the story. And that's Journalism School 101. You are not to become part of the, uh, right. of the story. Yeah. But yet in, in Ferguson, Missouri, they did. And, and that, that got a terrible anti-police ball rolling. That is, that is when Black Lives Matter finally got a lot of footing um, mm-hmm. into the media. Um, you know, And at that time, we had a, a, a president who uh, was not very pro-police. Then things calmed down. Uh, for law enforcement after that. And then when Donald Trump and not to make this all political, but policing has been politicized. Donald Trump came in, he was very pro police. Uh, then you fast forward to the George Floyd situation, not quite a year ago. And that's when we really started to see the media really take sides and it, it, it begin to get, get so much more dangerous. For law enforcement, I mean, post Ferguson, Missouri, we saw law enforcement officers murdered right. uh, because of things that people said in the media, guys like Al Sharpton. You know, what do we want? Dead cops. What do we want them right. now? You know, we saw police officers murdered uh, because of what was said in the media. But it, it just went DEFCON a thousand. Right. What I find is I amazing is that point. you
3: when you watch the news yeah. now and I've I've. I have my places that I go to for news, but I I have tried to over the years with some of these big events look at all the different media outlets that are covering the same event and it's amazing regardless of what your opinion is of the incident it's amazing to see how one channel to the next to the next just the way they present it or how they're analyzing it and you know even factual things that you're talking about sometimes you know i mean there's always opinion i get that but like even just the way factual things are presented sometimes it's amazing to think that i could turn on three different news programs and literally get three completely different
1: opinions of what is being reported out there right right and then i think that the what happens is is and this is you know i've been a law enforcement 20 years and i know you know you have much more experience but today we we're talking about a situation where a car broke down and they were talking about a tow or whatever, and it never ceased to, I never realized that, well, now as a policeman, you're sitting out there. And because of this mass media that you want to call a tow truck, get there or leave the car there, grab the copper, move over, and wait for the tow truck. I'm like, is this a tow truck we're talking about? But they've got everybody in such a frenzy trying to kill us. And on top of the fact, then the flip side is is today, after the, the, the Chauvin uh, verdict, George Floyd's parents came out and said, justice was served, don't burn the city down. But that was like a two-second snippet, and then they moved on to the next shooting.
2: Well, I mean, I think it's like everything else in our world. I mean, it's this semi-governmental entity whether people believe that or not like it affects governance it does it's huge for that like the Kennedy Nixon debates were the first time that the media became so much a bigger part of that process and which candidate they were more aligned with if you study any of the stuff with the median politics it's it's a part of it the newspapers everything go back that far the thing that frustrates you as a cop and it's funny because a lot of people think cops are not really held accountable for when they make mistakes. When the media makes uh, a mistake, and you could point to a lot of them about a oh, lot yeah. of things, yeah. uh, they're never held accountable. It seems it's never, it just sells. It, it, they're rewarded almost for the bad behavior. Like people would say to cops, well, you guys for years were doing the same thing. You were rewarded for bad, bad behavior. The guy that was always tuning people up on the street was the guy that was, like, yeah, that's your guy. And we, that guy was rewarded. And then right. they moved along, and policing suffered, and all those other things that you can go on in the grand debate about. The problem was, is that eventually that guy would be held accountable, whether it be from the person that he thought he could do that to wouldn't let that happen. And then they would change or they would eventually just get caught if they were that bad. Um, They wouldn't listen. The media, it seems like this is like they're trying to outdo each other.
1: Yep for how
2: quickly they have to get to the story because their markets changed like our world's changing the police world they're saying you guys are not really adapting well like you're not really getting out in front of your stories you don't use social media you don't think it's real you don't relate to millennials all that stuff well you could say maybe the same thing about the media world and the fact is that they were not ready for unofficial journalists to take over like they have Mm. they were not ready for how like You only want two lines. You want Twitter and I don't want to know nothing else. And I want to know what this celebrity thinks about this as opposed to what the facts are. People ask me like all the time, like, what do you think about this? I go, I don't know, man. It just happened. You know, what I look at, I can tell you what I think and react to, but I don't really read the papers anymore. I don't read news anymore because it's too oh, I don't know. recent. It's too hot. And there's no way they could be drawing these conclusions about something as quickly as they feel that they have to get the clicks, the clicks on right. this. And they're not really, they, they just like, People could say the police have not stayed true to their mantra. Going back to uh, Robert Peel, I would say that the media has done the same thing. Right. Yeah. They are just like us. It, it, we think there's no humans doing this. They think there's no humans right. doing what we do. And then the other issue with that is that they have lost their sight of what's important. What's important is clicks, and that's money. And they've sold out for money and not getting facts out. And they, and the and they don't care what lives the they sword. ruin. Right. The pen is mightier than the sword It's literally what we're dealing with right now. right? It's now just electronic.
1: Right. And they get, right. it, and they the, get it faster.
0: And the problem with that is, is, is we are, we law enforcement, you know, everybody's trying to, you know, uh, everybody wants to control us, right? You know, right. and politicians on both sides are like, we're going to make the cops do this. We're going to make the cops do that. The problem with the media is, and and I would ag- would agree, you know, the government should not be controlling the media. The problem is, is a lot of the media is aligning either for or against the government, depending on who's in charge, and that's wrong. And yeah. you're right; they're not held accountable, and they just out now out lie, right. and right. and that's that's what's frustrating, and that's what law enforcement leadership needs to, I believe, call out those lies, you know, Mm -hmm. and of course do it professionally and appropriately. But, you know, if you turn on any cable news station, any cable news, and we don't watch much cable news anymore, you know, I, like you guys, I have my own sources where I find news that I think is credible But uh, you turn on any cable news channel and and you think that American law enforcement goes out there every day and murders unarmed young black men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and yet it's happened. I think we've had five of those shootings in in 2021, Mm -hmm. uh, all justified um, so far. And uh, but but if you and that's part of the problem is the media sets us up and sets up our public to be fearful of us. Right. We have had police officers killed in this country because. The media said police officers, if you're an African-American, police officers are going to murder you. And then we have a panicked young African-American driver last year who a police officer walked up to him. He panicked because he had been told by the media and by his parents and by his peers that the police will kill you. And he panicked, took off and and killed a police officer. Mm -hmm. So they are getting more and more dangerous, the media, and they they don't. A lot of them don't seem to have any ethics to fall back
1: on. No, and I don't think that they're. And I, I don't think there's any ethics. And I think they're just getting stuff out so fast without the facts. And 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 I just find it so like the seven year old girl. I don't know if uh, you guys saw the seven year old girl that was shot in McDonald's the other day. I don't in know Chicago. in Chicago. Yeah, uh, I was watching that clip, and when I was watching that clip, the cops were. Getting, getting the young girl, and the, the the cops put her in in the squad car and took her to the hospital. And what I thought was so, like, a still picture of that in my head was with all this rhetoric going on, I didn't see one black cop in, this, in, in the picture. I mean, it was all white guys running around, doing right. their job, stopping the traffic, getting the girl out, figuring out what they wanted to do. Let's, let's aid, save the girl, doing first aid, run. scooping yep. and running, doing what they need to do. Why is that not on the 10 o'clock news or whatever saying that when we get a call, I've never, we've talked about this before, I've never asked in 20 years, well, what color are they? You go, you do the job that you swore to do, and it's over. They are making this a racial situation that it's not because that's what sells.
0: Absolutely.
2: Well, but now the problem is, is it is because it's because of that into that. And now we've got to work twice as hard. To not just do a job that at times is, look, I'm not, this isn't, don't cry. I'm not crying on somebody's shoulder about this. I love the work and I loved it. I love the challenge. I love, like you get to do it for people that are pros. You're not doing it for people that don't understand freedom. When you're an American cop, you're dealing with the freest people in the history of mankind that understand by and large, you know, what our limits are and what we can and can't do and things like that. People get confused about it sometimes, which is what's going on right now, but you deal with pros. So I love it. It's like, Hey, I'm a professional cop. I mean, I try to be at least and you can't do it all the time, but it's now twice as hard to do our work because facts don't matter anymore. Like I said, in previous shows, facts don't matter to people. We can present all of the facts that we want to, that these things aren't happening. It's like trying to convert somebody to a different faith. It's not going to happen right. unless they are confronted with actual tangible data, uh, and the mindset changes. But the, uh, uh, the data is
1: there. That's when I. That, that's when I. That, that's when I'm trying to get the data. The, the data has been there
2: forever. Heather McDonald's been beating this drum for years, for years. And you look at her stats. It's very non-emotional. It's very easy to understand. What we have to start to understand is that. This is where the media played a role in the world. We can keep falling back on the fact that they suck and they're not. we don't think they're ethical. That we're ne- they're never going to be held accountable. But this right. is the evil of a free and open press that we deal with in America. Look, I'm not, I'm not anti-press. They have to exist. It does. It's, they don't need to go away. But what I say about it is, is that they should be as responsible and held as accountable as we are but they can't because if you do that, the government suppresses them and it's a, and it's a right. it's a very convoluted situation. That's very frustrating. When 78% of the profession says they align themselves with a certain party, it's not, not going to transcend it. Like the same thing, like you're hearing about cops right now. We're part of this white supremacy, you know, idea that undermines the government and like former soldiers. I mean, I was highly insulted after, the Capitol was stormed.
1: Oh yeah. hundred percent for
2: multiple reasons. One that the Capitol was stormed first and foremost, like, I'm like, come on, this is no better than what we had to stand in riot gear for. And watching those Capitol cops have to deal with that mess of a situation. And the other thing that insulted me the next day was when the politicians came out and said things that I've done, I'm a veteran and I'm a police officer, that I am now part of that biggest threat to America. Right, this right. is the stuff you're that being in, is, right. You're lumped being in. lumped and, in. You're being lumped in. And this is where the media feeds that monster because politicians run off of polling and data and information. They have media sources, people that are media experts that work for them. And no one's going, time out. We're making Americans enemies of each other. And, and right. everyone and no has such a short
3: attention span that right. when they hear those things, now it's like hey, I can't listen to anything more for more than five minutes because I just don't have the attention span to listen to these things. So when I hear these short bits of information, now that's the last thing that I hear and I say, oh, well, that must be what it is. Like on a loop,
1: right? Right.
2: and, And it's all quick. Twitter bursts of people that don't know what we do that we're now following the court jesters. And I mean, what I mean by that is the athletes and the actors of America get more say in these matters and they know nothing about any of this stuff. I was, the funny thing is I'm reading a story yesterday about Demi Lovato talking about recovery and she's in California recovery. California recovery means that I can smoke weed and drink and I can just kind of ease in and out of it. And the people from the recovery community were like, that is bull yeah. right, but because right. she's demi lovato right. she gets to influence people that are going right. to potentially die from that right and that's where we're at as a country and what what i want this show to be about why i think brett's great about this is that she goes and walks amongst these people but we have to be responsible about understanding that uh, because somebody tells me something i don't believe it the same thing could be argued about with chauvin well that was the training right that was the training right well at a certain point do you not go well you know the training sucks that right. we shouldn't do that we should change maybe the you know the 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 lens of that. Find a different technique. I, we trained under all the same system, all four of us, right. right? We came up, and when I heard that, I was like, "That's what they're training." I've been training people for ten years now in defensive tactics. We have a certification. I, I'm sorry, I was never taught that. Now maybe that is what's taught up there, but. You can't fall back on that because that's what the Nazis fell back on. Well, I was just ordered to do it. I, I didn't, right. you know, I, I just follow orders. You know, that if we want that same level of respect, you know, we've got to expect it from other sectors of our society as well. And I, I, at times, it's frustrating because I don't think we get it from the media. I, I don't right. really think well, we're getting responsibility.
1: And that's what I want to ask, Betsy. When when you when you go to these pro police and or um, even anti police um, news stations do they ever say like, Hey, you know, we need to do things better or, you know, these are things that we can do to get ahead of it from the people, not giving the full facts or, you know, is there any other, is there anything that we can do to maybe just make this a fairer balance? Like just get the truth out and whether good or bad, just get the truth out and the facts.
0: Well, sure. I mean, and this is the thing, um, a, a couple of things on that. I, I got some great stories. on dealing with certain news outlets. Um, But first and foremost, that's why the National Police Association exists because of, you know, Sean, you talked about um, Heather McDonald, you know, when after she wrote the War on Cops, you know, that's that's why we exist, because we're trying to fight that war on cops and all this misinformation. Mm -hmm. And the reason that they hired me in particular as their national spokesman, I was one of their writers. And uh, it's a great story because they, they, you know, after in the immediate post-George Floyd, they started getting requests to make statements. So they asked me, hey, can you talk to this ABC station in California? Can you talk to this NBC station here? And I was like, yeah. And it was about particular issues. And, uh, and I, I told the truth. And I said right. the truth to these reporters. <laughs> and uh, and they were like, in yeah. fact, one of their attorneys said, who's that female attorney that you got talking <laughs> for you? And they're like, she's right. not an attorney; she's a cop. Right.
1: And uh, right. but
0: one of the reasons that they hired me is because I am uncancelable. Right. You know, I my profession. You, know, I'm a retired police sergeant. And, and I own a police training company. You know who can fire me? No one.
2: Right. I own the company. <laughs> no, the so, 20 se- those 27 dogs you are going to try to go <laughs> fire you because they want you around. <laughs> you may have, I your, know, you may I know. have your own I'm house. To feed but...
0: Foster dogs. That's what I mean. There you go. But this is the thing, and this is why it's so difficult to call out the media because almost anyone else can be cancelable. Look, we just had a, a paramedic. I'm not even going to say where he works, but he donated $10 to the Kyle Rittenhouse defense fund. That kid in Kenosha was in Kenosha, Wisconsin, who mm-hmm. defended himself mm-hmm. uh, during the Kenosha riots. You can think what you want about that case, but they're trying to cancel that guy's career. Right. Um, so this is the thing. A I'm reporter went cancelable. to his
3: house, right? The yeah. reporter went to his oh house. Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. Yeah.
0: And so here's the thing: when you're dealing with the media, a we need to call them out, but you've got to do it respectfully. Right. Um. And uh, and B, our police leaders have right. to call out the media, right? And you know, and we've got guys like Sheriff Grady Judd, and and uh, we we've got uh, Chief Kara Riley, who lives where I live in near Tucson, Arizona. She she will tell the truth you have people like daniel craig who are not daniel craig uh chief chief craig who's the chief of detroit pd right now um chief craig in detroit um, yeah came right from LA. He's just
2: recently been speaking out about what the about politicians uh, have read, yeah, right. been saying right
0: yeah and those but but the thing is is what those uh leaders do is when something happens in their jurisdiction, they get right out there. You know, Chief Craig, with when there's any kind of controversial officer involved shooting in Detroit, he's out there within an hour, two or three hours talking to all the media and, say, and says, here's why we shot him. Here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. Right. And when I know more, I'll get back to you. But he'll he'll lay it all out there. Where, whereas we all kind of grew up under this in law enforcement. In this, uh, we got to get a PIO to write mm-hmm. a press release. Right. right. And right. Uh, you know that stuff doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Like and we're just
2: and like we were like the screening was. Does he have a speech impediment? Like that was the only right. thing we looked for him. It's not like could he get in front of a camera and form an articulate It was just like, did he just have something? So I was like, his dental. Like his dental plate would fall out in the middle of it was the only screening thing that we were talking about, you know. (laughs) If you watch these guys talking, you are like, "Does anybody know how to tell this guy to talk to people?" Because and then these reporters would just own these poor guys are out there. Some lieutenant, like you know, I don't, you know, we couldn't put you in IAU. We don't really know. Let's make you the PIL, and then we'll send you out there. And we're like, "Wow, holy, you know, no wonder we can't sell anything." Let's see
3: how how well we know it's important, but like, how do you think? law enforcement is doing with social media as far as getting things out i mean do do we generally do you think law enforcement is generally doing a good job with social media you know what's the importance of getting things out on social media i mean that was not even a thing when 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 we started no. i mean there was no social media no. you know no. twitter and, twitter and, just
1: twitter just started with the uh, Five years probably maybe after and yeah, job. and so like what's mm-hmm. what's okay, your yeah. take we're all old, thank you <laughs> nice going Chris right.
3: I'm still on I'm my space all of you. Um, <laughs> so what do you what's your take on you know social media and, and law enforcement and and getting information out to people
0: that's an excellent question and and let me let me start by saying, please. God, no more dancing cops! Come on, right, right, no right. more, more lip sync. Thank sink. you. Please. Thank you.
3: <laughs> well, I guess that this is—I guess so this is where I'm out. So, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. So, much, so much, for your TikTok. Yeah. Oh yeah Lord, the, the, have goodbye, TikTok.
1: It. Oh, the lip sync. I'm like, oh my god.
0: No, 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 no,
2: no,
1: no.
0: No law enforcement. There are some agencies that do a great job with their social media. Unfortunately, most do not. Mm. A lot of law enforcement leaders, and I and we talk to them, this is one of the things we talk about in our leadership class. We're like, look, it's not enough to have a Facebook page and, right. and p- put your press releases on Twitter. That's not social media. Right. You know, you if, if you don't know what TikTok is right. and you're a police chief or a sheriff, you need to get better informed and you need to understand how to how to utilize everything from TikTok to Instagram to Reddit to uh, uh, all of the above Twitter to uh, Facebook has been ruined by old people. you're
2: And not you, Sean. <laughs> not me.
1: I don't
0: post.
2: Them keep
1: those, stop. No. <laughs> keep stop sending but me the thumbs up. You don't even know what that is.
2: <laughs> Does anybody get any uh, good ideas about fiber? That's what
0: I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, but. Lord. but, but but, but to answer your question, Scott, no, we don't do a real good job of that. We are and and you said well, I think Sean, you said this in the beginning. Law enforcement's always a couple of decades behind in these yeah. things. Last in right,
1: advance. but you would think like but now you would think like you said, uh, Betsy, get to get ahead of it. Like why would you not use those avenues? Because the media's gonna use those avenues to get out their version. Why wouldn't we why wouldn't we use those medias or those platforms to get out the facts first? Because every time you talk, ah, mm, not truly really sure. Well, you're putting the facts out, and, and, and even they're like, well, it could be a legal thing. Legal thing, what? Well, they'll pull it because all I'm doing is putting the facts out as I know them today. Yeah, What and are they so afraid what,
0: of? That's what Chief James Craig does, you know, when he in Detroit. He will yep. get out there and, and say, Here's what I know now. And and he told me, he said, If I say something that I thought was the truth and, and I find out three hours later it wasn't the truth, I go right back out right. there and I say, You know what? Three hours ago, I thought this is what happened. This is what actually happened. Uh, Grady Judd, Sheriff J- Grady Judd, does the same thing. But police, especially chiefs and some sheriffs, but more chiefs, are so afraid of looking foolish in the media, and 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 quite frankly, you know when. Well, when, when you I dance, started, you do look kind of stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, <you, laughs> exactly. But when I started in the eight, in you know, I started in nineteen eighty. So when I started in the eighties, boy, you just did everything you could to avoid the media. Right. And again, right. that's when we had a few channels and and all that. You cannot avoid the media, and like Sean said the media is no longer those reporters from channels two, five and seven and all that. The Mm. media is anybody with a smartphone and a Twitter handle or a Reddit feed or whatever, and they can put things out there. You know, everybody's a citizen journalist now. And uh, so law enforcement has got to step up and it's law enforcement leadership. And the leadership has got to task and trust some of their officers to take over these tasks and not just, again, not just to tweet dancing cop videos. <laughs> um, but you really hate dancing cop videos. I'm going to send you a video of myself after
2: this. <laughs> it, 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 well, <laughs> no truer words have been spoken right. on this right. podcast. Right. I'm, right. I'm not alone.
1: Right. No, I mean, I just, it's just, I, I don't know why we would get ahead of it. It's just like, you know, when you have a, when you have a critical incident forming, the boss gets on the scene. What do you need? Where do we need to go? This is what we need to do, blah, blah, blah. Why, why don't we get that when the critical incident unfolds? Why don't we just get in front of it and get the facts out before you let everybody kind of guess what's going on? I just and, and, and I just don't understand because, again, whether... The officer was right or the officer was wrong. The facts are the facts. Let's get them out there to get started. Because the longer we the, wait, the more
2: it more appears like we're lying. And the longer your government lies to you, the right. less likely you're going to trust it. And we are the most visible representation of government to every American out there. Like, you know, the IRS guys are feared, things like that, but they're not as omnipresent as cops are, even though there's only 800,000 of us totally out there. But I say this to the new officers all the time. You are the most visible representation of government. That that parchment that sits in Washington, D.C., you are it right. walking around doing it. And if you don't take that seriously yourself and don't get out in front of these things, people start to lose faith in the government. Right now, we're watching our own government implode in on itself. Right. Our own, at times, politicians turn on the very people that they've approved their contracts for been a part of the hiring process and said well yeah this is part of the process you're part of the executive branch and we're going to go out there and stuff the the, one of the best things that i saw whether you agree with what happened with the chauvin trial or not was when that judge had the opportunity to address the fact that the defense attorney said hey this could be you know a mistrial because of what's being said by politicians out there that was like that man should be teaching constitutional law to people that call themselves constitutional lawyers and constitutional experts he should be teaching that he said because this was far overreach on their apartment and and it really is insulting to somebody from the judiciary that a legislator is doing this stuff these folks that we elect don't even understand the documents we understand them better as cops and we don't we don't get that. We don't get out in front of these things and say, look, this is the role. It's not, well, I do this because I didn't everything else to do. I do this because I have a lot of knowledge about the best, freest society in the history of mankind. And and the media is not helping us with that. But, but I, we're I,
0: not helping ourselves. Exactly. Imagine, right. If right. Every, right. imagine if every police chief and every sheriff in this country called out the cop-hating, leftist, foolish, politicians that are out there you know let's like James Craig did with Rashida Tlaib I mean Mm -hmm. let's you know you you look at the squad the other members of the squad imagine if every law enforcement leader in those politicians jurisdictions called them out and then and did it in a professional manner and then told the truth about what is happening in their jurisdictions and that you know that brings us back to the media they they don't Tell the truth a lot of times because nobody will say it mm-hmm. to them. And mm-hmm. and I've got to tell you that some uh, news outlets want to hear the truth, but many don't. And I have talked to many very large news really? outlets Why will no longer talk to me why is because that? of the things that I said.
1: <laughs> Let's just say it's the truth. Why, why don't? Because it doesn't sell or it doesn't it's fit, doesn't, the, narrative. It fit okay. the narrative? It
0: doesn't fit the narrative. You know, I talked to uh, a very large cable outlets, um, uh, head law enforcement um, correspondent, you know, the, a big guy in a big mm-hmm. network. And I talked to him about the Breonna Taylor case. This was months and months ago. And I, I said, but you know this about the case, right? And don't you know this about the case? And you know this about the case. And I'm sure you've read this about the case. He knew none of that. And I, And this was just in a, in a pre-interview. This mm-hmm. wasn't even on the air, right. and I spent about fifteen minutes politely and professionally because you guys, of course, know yeah, of course, course. Exactly. one no assume,
1: no doubt, Check no, no less. doubt, I, no less. I see this guy crying with tissue right now, but anyhow, go ahead. <laughs> what if I got myself into?
0: Should have just been an English major. But he didn't know all of the facts. And he he never he never would talk to me again hmm. because oh, well, and yet tough. I watched him on that same network uh, within about twenty four hours and he said outrageous things just outrageous lies
1: that's crazy and
0: uh, and so that's what we're dealing with but
1: that's and, a- and again it's go ahead Scott go no, Sean go
2: ahead uh, yeah, but, I mean to me it's like. Uh- debating it is like the mountain kind of thing, like I say all the time. The mountain's there. That's the mountain. Are we going to blow up the mountain, or are we going to try to climb it? I think as cops, we got to start climbing, it. we know that this is what we're up against, and we have to do way, way better than we've done of being professional, understand where our limits and rights are, you know, you know. understand a lot of the things that in the past we just think, yeah, well, whatever, it'll figure itself out. It's not my role. It's not my place. That's not my job. You know, that, you know, that famous, that's above my pay grade, that famous statement that was made. Like, that is like, you know, they talk about people that succeed have this aggressive type of ownership of a situation and owning the right and the wrong. Like to me, we have to own the wrong just as much as we own the right. Like, 100%. You're yep. starting yeah. to see it. And social media pages where in the past when social media first started up, you follow these pro police sites and everybody on there was just like, this is a railroad against cops. This is this, this is that. And you're seeing cases where things have happened, especially just recently, you're seeing much more of a mix of, Hey, no, this is wrong. We got to get out in front of this. This is clearly a mistake and we have to own that. It's a credibility issue on our part and that we all have to be kind of open minded about it. Like we, if there's one thing that we do, like effectively, we lock ranks in law enforcement. So like with the sports analogy, people from Pittsburgh don't take credit for people from that root for the New York Giants. They don't. But if somebody from the New York Giants stinks, they don't blame it on Pittsburgh. Well, in law enforcement, one officer makes one mistake, and it's all of us. We're right. this monolithic Borg that exists, and we have to start, from a credibility standpoint, saying we're willing to address our own. We're willing to say that this was completely wrong. Like this did this was not right. There might be reasons, but nobody in our world thinks that this is acceptable. Right. And, and I don't and think people see one us thing- as willing to do that.
3: One thing that I see quite a bit is that the stories about the really good things that happen out there between the police and their communities, you know, why isn't that stuff that people want to hear more about? I mean, I I, I actually, I think people do want to hear more about it, but maybe it's just not, it's not the stuff that gets the same attention because... You know that's important. That is important for law enforcement agencies. I keep going back to the social media stuff because you know I'm such a social media guy. But right, right. Um, the the that's like <laughs> I was waiting for that. No no laugh track on that. Oh wait, uh, I gotta find it. Oh my I, I got this stuff going <laughs> on here. Right, it was me. It was all me. Don't
2: worry about it. <laughs> and like so you know. On board. So
3: I think to myself like we we have tons of those. We're, I, I I truly believe that the, those good stories far. Outweigh the bad stories, and oh yeah, how do we how do we oh. get more out there to do that and get people to because it, it's not just the police that like to promote the good things they do. People in the community that are happy with the services that they provide, they like to talk about that too. And you know, how can we get more of that out there?
0: There are, I'll tell you, there are some agencies around this country that um, I've worked with who they have empowered their police officers their patrol officers their animal control officers everybody to utilize their smartphones to do little interviews of people you know whether it's mrs mcgillicuddy whose cat we just found or you know or or even some more serious things to use those little snippets and they run it through their pio or whatever but they do it In a lot, uh, in a very short amount of time, you know, usually (laughs) within about eight to 12 hours, usually within a shift, get those little snippets and then again, put them out on their social media, not just their Facebook, but you know, their Twitter, their Facebook, their Instagram, Instagram is huge for this. Yeah, Promote those good encounters. uh, Right, right. You know, and the other thing is, is we have got to allow, uh, and it can't just be the chief or just the PIO, but we've got to allow and nurture relationships with the media on a local level i'll bet yes, every right. one of you knows a reporter for somebody right, for yeah, right some media outlet in our area right right and um and but we've got to nurture those relationships and and get them get them you know get, send them little stuff little tips be it get their cell phone so you can text them little things mm-hmm. you know it goes beyond citizen police academy which i'm a huge proponent of you've yep. got to have media and every right. citizen police academy That you have, you've got to have media come, you know, at least a couple times a year to do, you know, simulation training, things like that. Nurture those relationships because there are a lot of media people who are good people who want to tell the truth. And a lot of them are pro-law enforcement. They just kind of have to hide it because it's not real popular right right Right. now.
1: Yeah, see, I mean, because you know all these big national. That, I mean, that that's something that maybe you know we need to start getting out to smaller departments and stuff too. Like, get out there, get your, I mean, get go go to the chiefs and and whatever else that we deal with, and just say, hey, get your Instagram. Get you know you. Try, there's somebody around here that knows all this stuff. You, get, let's get. St- well, and that's the next. To, Jason,
3: it, that's the next generation of people that are getting hired in law enforcement. They're way more tech savvy at that. right, and we're always like kind of you know, knocking millennials sometimes and things like that. But those are people that know that stuff, you know, that's that next generation that's coming in, tap into those resources of what people know to, to, to do exactly what you're talking about.
1: And I think it's, I I mean, I think based on what you're saying, I mean, it's, it's something that, like you said, tap into it because we tap into other people's specialty for everything else. Like, you know, canine guy, SWAT guy, uh, person that knows how to talk to people. I mean, we, yeah.
0: How
2: about a TikTok guy? Yeah, we that's need a, TikTok yeah. Guy. Like, listen, you know, you, you know. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, just
1: go ahead, John. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, go, go ahead.
2: ahead. The thing about it is, is like you talk about like budgeting and like where you spend money. You spend money as a government entity on. Mismanagement of information that leads to people that get all upset about what's going on and they're tearing down your cities. Like pay somebody a hundred thousand dollars a year to come and be your media specialist that is from the media, like recruit them. Like this is a great job. We'll pay you six figures to keep the city out of seven and eight figure settlements. Like their last guest, uh, Rahul talked about this. You know, you have a, you know, a pool that you, you know, or a bank that you make deposits in that you hope by the time a mistake is made, cause inevitably it's going to happen because what we do doesn't lend itself to perfection under combat at three feet. And eventually someone's going to be upset with what we do and how we handle it. But the reservoir is so deep for support that that is just the thing that we've got to contend with. Like, there's a hole in the dam. The dam isn't coming down yet, but we can plug that with good faith, as opposed to constantly keeping everybody in an arms' business. I, you don't need to know what we do. Like, like we serve these people and we treat them as if like we're an occupying army at times. Like, right, like, right. Everything's like an intel sacrifice. So we can't let them know about that. It's a room full of seven-year-olds at a citizens' police academy. Do you think they're gonna rise up? They're asleep. <laughs> it's nine thirty because we do these at night. They wanna go home and go to bed. And I, I got told that one time we do because SWAT they love the SWAT day because SWAT's like all dog and ponies. Oh, you're cool. Though. So I was like, well, let's talk. No, just because you're cool, Sean. They said, Ferguson, you gotta stop talking. Could you imagine that? Somebody actually said that to me. What? Oh, Wait. I, right. Seriously. Say, um, are you okay? Need a tissue? Need a safe? Need a safe room? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're like, you talk too much. You let them know in our secrets, and that's what I said. I was like, they're, they're like, they're all seventy. What? Do you, what secrets? <laughs> like secrets.
1: And really, there's enough shows and everything else. I think most of our secrets are already out.
2: Right. Exactly. I mean,
1: like hey, you but, do bad things when come it comes to we go on with. Right, right. Right. I mean I just I don't I, I just see that as, as a valuable and by the way, just so you all know, I just got five business ideas that I wrote in my journal. <laughs> it's, yeah, the journal. it's the journal. It's the journal again. Shit, I shit you not. I just I the regular journal or the dream journal? No, that's the regular <coughs> journal. That's the regular journal.
3: I am
0: yeah. available as a consultant, <laughs> by the way. Right. There, there you go.
1: Right, there let's get that guys. out there. So but I mean just again grasping what is there and what's in front of us it's like the new you know it's like the new swat tool or the new canine tool or the new i don't know give me scott uh, maybe the new uh, mapping uh, stuff uh, or whatever uh, i don't know a paycheck (laughs) a paycheck (laughs) paycheck schedule or something (laughs) but it's it's the new latest thing that could make our job better why aren't we embracing that I mean, you because we're
0: always playing catch up in law enforcement. That's our problem. We are always playing catch up, and I know it's a cliche, but we we just we are so scrambling to do so many different things. And right now, in this current atmosphere, you know it is difficult for our leaders. They're trying to, you know, don't forget, law enforcement leaders, especially chiefs, because you know, sheriffs are elected, chiefs are appointed. A lot of chiefs are just trying to keep their jobs. I mean, you know, right? But I just uh, and they're, you know, we and we have increasingly radical city councils around this country who, who again, like Sean, like you said, so many elected officials have no idea uh, when they are elected, what the documents are that they even raise their right hand and swore to uphold, and uh, and we have a lot of cluelessness, and so a lot of police chiefs are they're just trying to keep their job. Long enough to get to retirement or whatever, and and so we're always we're just always behind. And plus, they see when a chief does speak up or a city manager does speak up, we see the bad things that happen to him. Look at Brooklyn Center, uh, yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. You, have a, you know, a black city manager who says, uh, "Yeah, I think this officer deserves due process." Boom, he's gone. And then two days later, the chief resigned because he was going to get fired.
1: Right, right. and uh, right. and
0: and so. We're being, you know, honestly, and again, this is a, a cliche, but the inmates are running the asylum, as yeah. they say. Unfortunately, yeah. especially when it comes to our politicians.
1: I mean, I just don't, I don't get where the fact where this all kind of took a turn because I don't know if you remember, Betsy, you took my first involved crash, and it wasn't my fault, and I came in.
0: <laughs> it never is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's what that's what the report says. But I mean, you came in to the scene. I was two. I probably, oh, on job, probably on the job, probably on the job a year. Came to the scene, what happened, and boom, we were this, that, and anything. We wrote it up. You know, you went over there. Then I went, you know, I had to go see the chief, even though it wasn't my fault, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, one of the things, you know, you pulled me aside, and you're like, hey, listen, whether it was your fault or not, and in this case it's not, go up there and tell the truth. That's it. You'll be in and out in 30 seconds because they all got stuff going around. You start jacking stuff around, you know, like pointing fingers or whatever. It, it you know, so we got the facts out there and the thing was done in like three days and, and, and I've seen officers where the crash was their fault same thing you go up there you lay out the facts and it happens I mean that, that's what we, we, we our life you solve cases by facts I, I just yep. don't understand why we don't get out ahead of this and lay out the facts right or wrong to get the truth out
0: well, and I think that's going to be the future as we move forward, you know, now that we've got the, you know, some of the Chauvin case behind us, we can move forward. And there's, there is some talk about healing and things like that. The healing is going to come when our leadership stands up and says, all right, we we've had a, we've had enough. We are here to protect you, my mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Um, but Here's what my officers are going to do. Here's what they did do. Here's the mistakes they made. Here's all the amazing things that they have done. And they, our leadership needs to get out there and, and talk. And of course, who are they talking to? Not just our citizens, but they have to talk to our citizens too, but they've got to talk to our media, which is, you know, what we're, we're talking about in this last hour is the media, the media is going to always be a problem for American law enforcement. So Mm -hmm. we've got to nurture those relationships. And then we, you know, that's why, again, that's why the National Police Association exists, because, you know, I'll go out there and I'll take the hit for, I'm happy to do it, go out there and take the hit for my brothers and sisters in law enforcement, and to be able to tell some of the truth and talk about, I mean, I've been called, you know, all kinds of names, I had crazy threats, I talk a lot about Antifa, I talk about Um, the racial stats when we're talking about uh, crime. In addition to our uh, law enforcement leaders, we need to depend on our law enforcement unions to get out there as well. And some people love police unions. Not everybody loves them, but they also have a voice and they also have a social media voice, a lot of them, and Mm -hmm. they need to get out there and talk about not just respond when a cop screws up or there's an infamous case or whatever, but they need to get out there. Our unions on Mm -hmm. a regular basis and talk to the media uh, and and talk about the good things that we're doing in law enforcement, and then also get to those facts of how many officer-involved shootings we have every year, and and who is shooting at us, and who we're shooting, and and talk about because this this whole racialization of law enforcement is a disgusting lie, right. and we all know it, and yet. It's so pervasive in the media. I would sure like to see, in addition to our leadership, I would like to see our police union leadership get out there all day long and talk about these issues.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Anybody that can beat the drum and and kind of provide a different option, like we just kind of stand there and take the abuse and, you know, you have to go to these police web pages and then you feel like, well, everybody here is just saying the same thing. No one's saying anything any differently, but I think it's probably a lot of it's out of frustration because there's no other Avenue for people to kind of say, you know, this is what it is. But when you look at it, you kind of think, well, this is just echo chamber stuff and everybody's just kind of siding with us. And you're like, well, maybe it's because they have nowhere else they can go to do it. I mean, it's a whole new domain that I don't think a lot of people really truly understand, but how much it does truly affect people's thoughts like this is a societal issue with the way social media operates and works they say it actually depresses you if you stay on there long enough and it's designed to get you that angry and get you that upset right. well if that's the reality of it then we need to kind of figure out a way to kind of counter that or conquer that because to your point let's see it's not going away and it's a new it's the new media and even more prevalent and more pervasive than i actually used to have to pick up a newspaper and read it or pay for it or have somebody. Did you, deliver did you, did it to you put me. the
1: change in a little newspaper machine and have or to pull I would it? I listened like...
2: to uh, Felicia Middlebrook <laughs> on WVBM. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Great
1: Chicago. WVBM is a radio for anybody Great. who doesn't Great. know it's a station <laughs> on a radio. <laughs>
2: Hi, but Felicia Middlebrooks was like this just this voice in the wilderness, like you're sitting in traffic for like two hours in Chicago. And I would listen to her and she would help me mark the time. So I'd it always it was like when I wanted to go to my happy place. So, I'm Felicia. <laughs> very calming. She's just. She very, very soothing movies. voice. <laughs> Award-winning uh, radio journalist. Yes. No,
1: that's not, that's awesome. Yeah, I never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding, bro. We're the same age. I know. I know, come and I live in Chicago. I know. On. I know. So, I mean, I just think right now we're, we're in a position that we have to. I think Sean said it best. We have to climb that hill because they have the national media has created this hill and they've gotten way out in front of it to where they're ahead of the game. And we have to catch up because basically what they say people run with, and we need to catch up. We need to, we need to get that out there because listen, not all cops are bad. Not all cops are racist. Do we have our problems? Absolutely. No doubt. But the, the truth is the truth. And we, we, we we run, we should be running our society on truth.
2: And although we lost some ground, um, when you look at national polling and when they look at professions, we generally trend better than the people that are railing against us the most right now, the politicians and the members of the media. Are single digits sometimes when they pal average Americans, police officers, like we thought it was bad when we reached like the 60 to 56% mark, you know, like, like we are still held in pretty high esteem, like obviously soldiers and all that stuff, but that wasn't always that way for them either. So although they've gained some ground on us, cops don't give up on this, this idea that I have to cover this ground to get us back to where we were because long-term our society is going to truly suffer if, Policing does need to have some changes. We've all talked about that today, how slow we are in the uptick and things like that. But we cannot have the society that we have unless, one, police adap- policing adapts a little bit. But also, if you remove it completely and turn it into something else, it's going it's to be problematic for sure. It's going to definitely be problematic for sure. So I think there's some hope to see in this yet. The people still, by and large, have a lot of respect for us. we just got to cover some ground.
1: Right, right, no, and and that's and and I, and I agree, but it's just, it just gets frustrating as the police sometimes because you know we had that hill, you know, and we got to you know crawl at you know get it to get up there and stuff, but you know, I I I just want to know at what point did we make that left hand turn? True turn, and the the truth is just whatever people make it.
2: Left hand turn, Chris. What do you mean? Right hand left? turn. Left hand <laughs> turn. How are we going left? <laughs> did we get another one already? <laughs> Can we the talk about of the road? that? Do we in the talk about of that? Road or take a <laughs> right-sided off ramp a little bit, maybe. I don't know.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, well, I think this has been a great, a great conversation, and I just think that we have a, you know, we have a lot of work to do. And I think one of the things, one of the last things that I'm going to say is to our listeners, uh, first and foremost, thank you for listening. And if you have any questions or concerns, um, please. Email three cops talk at gmail.com. That's the number three cops talk at gmail.com. You can catch all of our um, episodes at three cops talk.com. Number three cops talk.com. Leave a comment, uh, ask a question, let us know what we can do. Um, but the one thing I am going to say, uh, we have everybody a chance to, to, to say a last statement. Uh, and Betsy, plug every, anything that you want is the fact that when you start looking at the media, please take the time to dig. And look at facts. It literally, it. We have a lot of stuff at our fingertips, and something just crossed my screen right now where it says, "15 year old black girl just got shot in Cincinnati." So, but just don't take that for what it says. Read it, follow it. Don't just jump the gun. Please do your research, Scott. Anything?
3: Um, I go back to that thing about you know, look for a little variety in your in your media sources. Um, see. You can have your go tos, but but take some time to look at some of those other outlets that are out there, and you know sometimes you got to dig a ways in for the in the news to find the actual good uplifting stories about things, any type of societal things. So don't just get fired up about the negative the negativity and the things that are uh, that are that lead into most of those. Take a little time, look for some of those stories that are more positive regardless of what the situation is and, and try to have a good balance.
2: Yeah. Balance is it. That's it. I'll kind of keep it short for once. Um, balance is the key. Like it's anything too much of anything is not good for you. Uh, other than Sergeant Brantner, of course, (laughs) Um, but, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, The idea is find it, get it in the middle and figure out, look at it from both sides. Honestly, cops, you have to do that. We can't be just because maybe you politically view a certain thing. When you're out there dealing with folks, you have to be that middle of the road guy. We can't become, we can't supplant the judiciary in this thing. That's their role to look at this. Our job is to be as fair as possible. And if you want to be fair to people, go and find balanced sources of information that you can make decisions about.
0: And I'll tell you on that note, um, if you go to nationalpolice.org, you will find articles. You go to our YouTube page, National Police Association, and find some really great positive and informational stuff about law enforcement. Our, uh, I've got a great show on the 1st, and uh, it's at 10 a.m. Eastern every Sunday on the 1st and on Pluto Network, where I interview different people in law enforcement, You know, not just cops, but leadership and uh, mental health professionals, and just really fun people. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sergeant Betsy Smith, S-G-T Betsy Smith. And, uh, and we, we have a lot of positive, good things going on. If you're in law enforcement, God bless you. Don't give up because I think that we're seeing the tide turn. And never forget that people need us. They depend on us. And the more that we are defunded and villaini- villainized, Um, vilified, I'm sorry, the more those citizens truly need us. There's a lot of people who don't have the means or the wherewithal to protect themselves or to protect their own communities. That's what American law enforcement does.
1: Roger that. Roger that. Well, Dak. thanks for joining
2: us, Sarge. We really appreciate it. We can have you back again.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, absolutely. And
0: I'll cue up Buck Savage for you, <laughs> there you whenever
1: know. you're ready. Hey, by the way, I mean, it sounds like two you're doing a lot of one. stuff. What's he doing? Just driving an RV? Is like your chauffeur? Yeah. <laughs> he, he drives doing?
0: this RV like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he does it a two. lot of, he writes the back page of Police Magazine. You, you know, go. he's a he's the guy who, he does all my research, all my video setup. And, of course, he's Dave Smith. He's Buck Savage. Right. He's traveling, running all over the country. He's like your road. <laughs>
2: it's like a road. I
0: right think
2: <laughs> when he gets out of the RV, he's like, "I'm Buck Savage, lead singer, and driver of
0: the RV." <laughs> he, he totally, is. You, out. he's yeah. a lieutenant. So, oh, uh, sorry, sorry, lieutenant. Listen, sorry. I, caught, oh, I, I caught
3: the Blues Brothers reference, <laughs> by the way. So you know, that, see didn't, see that didn't get past me. <laughs> I got it.
1: I got, got it. it.
2: Country <laughs> and western. <laughs>
1: well, thank you, everybody, and everybody stay safe. Thank you so much. Thank bye. you. Bye bye. Bye bye.